Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re-enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. everyone i'm comma and you can find me at grammar saves lives on tumblr and tonight i'm joined by chicky hey i am chicky chickren on tumblr and clotho hi i'm clotho clotho spindle on tumblr and tonight that's it it's small but select <laughs> uh exclusive, okay right we're an exclusive Ex- club exactly um, as always, we will, we will be spoiling everything. Um, I don't know why we'd be spoiling the show at this point, but if you haven't <laughs> read the books, I guess we're spoiling those too. Uh, and I, I'm not going to do the trigger warning. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we always do it. All right, well, I'll do the trigger warning. So I don't know if it's going to come up, but... It, because it's a song of ice and fire, uh, there's always a pos- possibility of having to discuss rape or violence. So trigger warning. Always. Always. Okay. So um, tonight we're covering um, Catelyn one, uh, her first chapter in a sword, um, a storm of swords. And it opens with Catelyn. Um, she's now facing the consequences for freeing Jamie. Um, River runs Castellan. I never know if I'm saying that word right. Dude, um, I don't either. That's why, why I never say it. it up? <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Um, and these names are horrible. Okay, um, Sir Desmond Grell and Utheride's Wayne. I yeah, taking what a wild guess. I was there. like, Uther, yeah, I was like Utherides, Utherides, Uther. I was like, I was like, is it Utrades? But then Utre- I looked at it again and I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? I mean, normally you can kind of figure what he's going for. I don't know. Well, anyhow, it's probably um, pronounced Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to to Roy Dotrice mangle this. So I don't know what he comes up with, but um. This guy with the unpronounceable name is the steward. Wayne. (laughs) And they're kind of like, they offer her an out for her action by suggesting that she went mad with grief. You know, basically, I think the insanity, the medieval insanity defense. But probably to their chagrin and dismay, Catelyn is not having that. And she tells them she's ready to be placed in irons if that's what it's called for. So then these two guys, they discuss what the possibilities are. And um, with her input, they decide to lock her in her father's chambers. Um, You know, she will, she's not going to be locked in iron. She'll have food and all that, but she can't um, move around. I love that their idea of like a jail jail cell is her going to the nicest room in the castle. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that'll work. And she does find out that men have been dispatched to bring Jamie and Brienne back. Well, I, I presume they're way more interested in Jamie than they are in Brienne. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll stop here for 
a moment. I don't know if anyone has anything they want to. Well, it was such, you know, it was a a good George moment. Like you kind of forget. I think this is, is this the first chapter of the book or second chapter of the book after the prologue? It's the second. It's the second. Isn't Jamie first before her and then. Oh, is Jamie? Yeah, Jamie's the very first chapter. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. because there's that horrible Chet guy. He's the prologue. I actually went and read that because I'm that good a moderator. Oh, you um, didn't. Wow. I'm that's that much a masochist. And then I read the Jamie chapter, which was kind of fun. <laughs> well, yeah. That, and then that is her. a fun chapter, actually. Mm. But it's funny how he kind of, George kind of resets the, you know, kind of his, his, I mean, he, he never tries to force his concept of the world on you, really. But, you know, he's kind of framing this where it's like, clearly, you know, even though these guys are like, you know, lesser nobility, like, you know, landless knights, the way that they defer to Kat, even when she's done something wrong, like they're truly stumped as to what to do to like even begin to punish her. They're so uncomfortable with it. Plus the fact that she's a woman. I yeah. kind of loved it. It yeah, was a really good. how ingrained the, you know, that they weren't yeah. supposed to treat her a certain way because of her status. Totally. Well, also, they see, I think everyone is kind of flummoxed with what she did. You know, they're like, what the hell? And then now what do we do with her? Yeah, well, like unpronounceable name just immediately goes, oh, it must just be because, you know, it, he basically attributes it to like hysteria, you know, like, oh, she's a woman. She just lost her mind, you know, because she lost her kids. And she's she like very specifically is like, no, I knew exactly what I was doing. Don't say I was crazy. I, I knew what I was doing. I meant to do it. Well, I think both of these guys, I mean, these are. I I definitely I know the steward would be they are practical people they have you know they're looking for what do we you know they're like the mid-level bureaucrat they just want okay what do we do with her all right we say she went crazy problem solved no okay we lock her in her room problem solved (laughs) finally oh sure you want to stay in your dad's rooms no problem problem solved well, and it is one of those, you, I mean, you, know, you talk about middle management, that's a really, really apt way to put it, because they would be totally stuck in the middle, because it's like, if they go too far to punish her, mm-hmm. they may very well get in trouble from either her brother or her son, and if they don't do anything, they may get in trouble from, from the same people. Gosh, what a terrible I mean, position. A really, <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible position to be in. Everybody's gone, and... <laughs> but it's just so illustrative of the fact that, you know, these... These high lords, including Cat, she's right in there with it. She's she, you know, she's from a great house. She 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 makes these moves unilaterally sometimes, and it, it's just like everyone else is just kind of left to kind of pick up the pieces, you know, around yeah. them. And I like that she had her reasoning. You know, she was thinking to herself that she couldn't. You know, because I was thinking for me, I'd be, well, it'd be kind of easy just to kind of say, oh, okay, yeah, just blame it on that, blame it on the, you know, hysteria issue, but I like that she sort of thought it out in her mind that she didn't want Rob to get tangled up, that it was some kind of plot or some kind of agreement with the Lannisters, yes. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, and like, I always like to say when you're reading her final chapter of, of Clash, she knows what it is she's about to do and how serious it is, and mm-hmm. It's part of the reason that she's making so many digs at Jamie for his treasonous activities is because she's mm. she knows she's about to commit a huge treason herself. And you can tell she's just kind of, you know, she wants to 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 basically have someone else to beat up about it for a minute because she knows she's about to, to do something seriously wrong and to her own son, which, you know, is yeah. it is. It is rough. But, you know, at the same time, she's she's not more loyal to one of her kids than the others. And she's she's trying to save her daughters. And it's a completely understandable move that she makes. 
I have some quibbles with that, but I, I get her reasoning. Um, and of course, I have the ability. You know, it's you got to remember. Well, I have to remember it now when when I make these judgments that you know I have the benefit of knowing what's going on everywhere. These characters right. don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Monday morning quarterbacking doesn't really apply. You know. Right. Well, I think Kat sees herself, and she is right in this. She's the only one who's really concerned about her daughters, and. Yeah. She's not wrong there. I mean, I'm not saying Rob doesn't care about them, but he's not acting not, in a way, right, that is going to secure their safety by any means. And they're not a priority for anybody. Mm-hmm. They no. want them back, yes. They would do things, yes. But there's a whole mess of other stuff they they have decided they need to do first before they even begin to kind of, you know, do anything about it. And, right. And the, the girls are just an afterthought, really. Yeah. Well, I, I would argue, I think these guys are probably looking at a list of what they want first. They're on the would-be-nice column. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I'm not saying Rob doesn't care about them at all, but, I mean, it's funny how much drive he's willing to make to get Ned back. But as soon as Ned is out of the picture, you know, he a lot of that drive disappears. Yeah. You know, it's just that's not the focus anymore. On the other hand, you can understand his position where he does have to answer to his lords. And I mean, he's not incorrect in assessing that uh, they will turn on him if he doesn't handle it correctly. Right. And he's also a teenage boy with limited amount of experience. And we never have his POV. So we never really have a sense of what he's thinking. I mean, other than what other characters surmise. And and it is a huge gamble because the the idea that you could trade him, that the Lannisters would just honor that is, you know, she's banking on what she feels in her heart and what she's hoping. It's still a huge gamble. So, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's, it's such a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So moving on, um, now that she's ensconced in the, um, the nice suite with her dad, uh, unfortunately he's not doing very well. Um, Hoster, uh, Tully is, drifting in and out of consciousness. And when he is awake, he keeps uh, speaking of uh, someone, he keeps using the, saying the word tansy and keeps begging for forgiveness. And initially Kat thinks tansy was an old girlfriend of Hoster's and that totally throws her. Um, in fact, she, the, the line is suddenly she felt as though she had not known her father at all. Um, and the maester comes by and he has no clue. In fact, there's this whole discussion about this woman who she's like, no, that's someone else with another floral name, not her. Yeah, Violet. Yeah. Violet. <laughs> um, and then she finds out that Rob has been wounded and is recovering at the crag, but that's about all she can get out of the maester. Cause evidently, um, um, Sir Desmond and, um, the unpronounceable guy um, <laughs> um, have decided she, no one is Bob, that no one is supposed to talk to her. Uh, yeah. Well, and uh, don't we get the feeling that, that part of this news that came is the fact that Rob has married Jane Westerling is that that must be the message that, that she's not getting. Oh, I, I didn't even think of that. I thought, you know, I, I don't think at oh, this man. point, I think he's just been wounded because doesn't that, it happens though that the day he's wounded, isn't it? The night he's wounded, they get news about the boys, and then he, he sleeps with her. I oh, think. All right. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I could be wrong. 
Yeah, I'm but not I sure. Just, it felt like there was more that, you know, like, and it's like they they told her that he was wounded. So, like, what's the other thing that he's hiding? What's, the, you know, it's it's clear she senses that there's something else that's being held back. Yeah. I don't know. I, it is it is funny, though. When you reread this, you totally get to the part where I'm rereading this going, oh, shit, this is where everything is totally going to go south. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like who can who can top Cat's dumb move of letting Jamie go? Oh, Rob's like, hold my beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, um, joining us now is Donkey Leg. Hello. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay, so I wanna read there's there it's a short chapter, but I liked this particular passage, um, and I thought I'd read it. Catelyn could not say if Lord Hoster knew that she was there or if her presence brought him any comfort, but it gave her solace to be with him. What would you say if you knew my crime, father, she wondered. Would you have done as I did if it were Lysa and me in the hands of our enemies, or would you contemn me too and call it mother's madness? There was a smell of death about that room, a heavy smell, sweet and foul, clinging, it reminded her of the sons that she had lost, her sweet Bran and her little Rickon, slain at the hand at three, the hand of Theon Greyjoy, who had been Ned's ward. She still grieved for Ned. She would always grieve for Ned, but to have her babies taken as well. It is a monstrous, cruel thing to lose a child, she whispered softly, more to herself than to her father. And I, that whole idea of the smell of death, I mean... Mm. You know, I've been in rooms kind of, well, not any room as nice as where she is apparently, but I've been with dying relatives and that sort of sense of like the person who's sort of hanging on and yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely paints a picture. Yeah. 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 Well, Um, and the fact that she's, she, you know, she's grappling with the loss of, of Rickon and Bran and, you know, now she's going to lose her father. It's just... Oh, this is when Kat gets so sad. <laughs> you know, yeah. She's just yeah. losing everywhere. And she's starting to go into that. I mean, again, it's, there's so much when you read it back, you just see where this is all going. Yeah. But this mm-hmm. idea of um, of loss and the for, this idea of forgiveness and this mother's madness. And I mean, well, yep. certainly that's yeah. going to be what she's going to end up with. But... And the, the sort, um, you know, the sort of sense oh, of anxiety. She keeps going out to. She's got that little balcony there. She keeps going out and watching to make, you know, just to make sure she doesn't see the sail coming that might be bringing Jamie back. And mm-hmm. whole, yeah, and every time she sees someone, she sort of like, yeah, she's wondering if it's them, if they're going to come and get her, or or not. Well, not get her, but their her plan will have been uh, all for naught. Yeah, it's definitely a, ten- it, you know, it creates a good tension, the whole scene. But. And then um, Kat recalls that Lysa suffered five miscarriages, mm. which, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That that's, is a yeah. lot. That would win well, anybody. Yeah. And Lysa's already not stable, so. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, I I read a book, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, this woman who had suffered all of these miscarriages who basically ends up kidnapping some other woman's child. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in my book club being really harsh about it. And one of the women in my book club had 
you know, never kidnapped anyone, but had had all these miscarriages. And she said, you can really go to a really dark place. Mm -hmm. Well, your Um, body, it's not all those hormones are coming up and then, you know, all those emotions like it's you're you know, it's crazy. You get postpartum depression, you know, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, you know, crazy things happen to mothers, you know. Well, and also, I mean, here it's like it's not just that she's you know, wants a child, which she does. It's also that there's mm-hmm. so much weight put on her having a son. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Back then it was obviously very different than it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, she must have figured out what, what Hoster did to her and probably suspects that it was because of the forced abortion that she's having trouble with, oh, you know, yeah. getting oh, pregnant. Right. I never even term. thought about that. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's I think prob- that's I what that you're supposed what to, trying to say there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's oh, what you're fuck. supposed to think is that it's it's it has done damage to her basically. Exactly. Um, it sounds like she was yeah. hemorrhaging. Yeah, it sounded Yeah. Bad. Yeah. No, that does bad. make sense because it kind of all comes together in in you know now. So like while George is telling you one thing, he tells you the other thing and I guess yeah, you're trying yeah. to you're supposed to yeah. kind of put that together. Yeah. I, and I mean, you know, it kind of brings to mind like something like, you know, forced sterilization or something for women, like something happens to indigenous women, you know, happened a lot in, mm-hmm. in North America and just horrible things where, you know, some man makes a decision for a woman about, you know, yeah. her fertility. I mean, it's as bad, it's as bad to force an abortion or to take away fertility as it is to not mm-hmm. allow an abortion, yeah. you know, I mean, well, and, and she's no, got to be, I mean, I imagine Lisa, first of all, Lisa was desperately in love with Peter. So it's not like it was just, you know, I don't know. I mean, so not only has she been forced to have an abortion, she's been taken away from the guy she loves. She's being married to this this old man, which actually is a nice segue into what I want to talk about now, (laughs) which is Catelyn remembers their double wedding and recalls Lisa as being very happy. I don't know about that. Is that? Yeah. Okay. I was trying to piece this together myself. So uh, here's, here's my question is the timeline that when she married John Aaron, she was still pregnant with Peter's baby because she's very happy about this baby. And it seems a little, um, I don't know, disjointed from the fact that she's been married, you know, forced to marry this old dude that she doesn't even know. Yeah. Is 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 it Peter's baby when she marries him? Is that how is that how her dad gets her to agree to the marriage? He says, "Okay, well you're going to marry this guy and we're going to hide that it's Peter's baby." And then once they're married, does he give her the abortifacient oh, so wow. that she then loses the baby once she's committed? That's what I but, wonder. About. I don't know what the timeline is. Well, all right, yeah, I don't because, think it's very clear. All right. So they have the duel, right? Brandon beats up Peter. Mm-hmm. Well, nearly kills Peter. Let's, yeah. Let's not let, you know, I mean, he's got a scar and everything. And then uh, Lysa is tending to him, so to speak, and gets pregnant, right? Isn't that the... Yes. And so, then... But it's like the first time that, that Lysa sleeps with him, he seems convinced that it's Cat. I'm Littlefinger we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think that's how, that's how I interpreted it. But... Yeah. Yeah, no, but, but I mean, I it, it happens after they, the duel, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I always had the feeling that they then, that he then did start an affair with Lysa after that that was ongoing. I had the feeling. Because, I mean, otherwise, because at that point, Brandon is still quite very much alive. Oh, yeah. And then he goes off after... 
Oh, that's um, true. So there has to be quite so a bit of time. So there's a time period between, yeah. here going on because he's off. He gets killed because Catelyn is still betrothed to Brandon. It's not until Brandon mm-hmm. is dead that, you know, Ned's in the picture. I don't know how many months this is. I don't think many. But I mean, so it's possible. But I find it odd that Hoster would have force her to take the moon tea or whatever the heck it is. If Lysa was married, because isn't that uh-huh. the whole point of arranging look, the marriage? Yeah. And Unless John Aaron God, probably, whether he knew about that or not. Well, he, he did. Definitely it knew because like the fact that she was fertile was like a, a good thing. Uh-huh. Right. But I mean, I, if she was pregnant already. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, what, I, what my feeling was calm was that that, that probably Hoster got John Aaron to agree by saying, I'll make her abort this oh, child. They agreed they, to, I they feel knew. Like exactly. Oh, see, I and feel I like, like, see, he might I feel have told like, Liza one thing and he yes. told John Aaron another oh. thing. Exactly. He might have been like, That's listen, if you get question. married, you can keep the baby. And then he told John Aaron, listen, if you marry her, I'll secretly abort the baby. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's right. See, how else do you explain, Liza? Like you were saying, Com, how else do you explain her being happy happens, after the yeah. marriage? Well, I mean, the other explanation, which is... A bad I'm situation. Sorry. sorry. The other explanation, which is also a theme through this, is Catelyn has these memories, these ideas. And when I've talked about this in other episodes we've done, like, she sees her brother as this inept little boy. You know, she mm-hmm. sees her sister a certain way. She's, you know, I'm, I was almost wondering if it was just misremembered, misremembered yeah. or she, you know, she herself was happy or Lysa uh-huh, at uh-huh. that point might not have totally been hopeless about it. Might have been like, okay, well, I'm going to have a baby. And then, you know, he Although, and Rob- honestly, I'll be honest with you. The impression I've always had when Kat is talking about this is that Lysa was happier than she was because Kat seems mm-hmm. to have been, I mean, you know, keep in mind, Kat actually knew Brandon, and we we never hear that she really loved him, but you get the impression when she and Ned talk, that Ned had the impression that she dull. did yeah. care about Brandon to an extent. She never really thinks about it or talks about it herself, but I I wonder if she maybe was the unhappy one, and, and that's another way that it, it, it doesn't make sense that Liza would be so happy, unless it was because, you know, this was hiding a pregnancy with Peter or something. Yeah. But I, I don't know. That was just the general feeling I had. Kat doesn't seem to care about Ned until she gets to Winterfell and they actually spend some time together. Because like she yeah. even says, doesn't she? She only cared about Rob. Yeah, until yeah like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. She said, because well, I mean, she's like, I'm the just, man I barely knew went off to war and like left. You know. Yeah. I had to sleep with them. I got pregnant and then I'm stuck at home with my, you know, so. Yeah. So that's, I, I'm still not 100% sold, but, and I don't know what George intended either. That's the other thing. But other fuzzy one. But if you look at the timeline, it must be. It 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 would have to be because she. There's no way she could have been pregnant once. Hoster gave her uh, the tansy. She lost that baby, and then she was pregnant again. Right? I mean, like that would be pretty surprising, wouldn't it? To be immediately pregnant again after a miscarriage like that. I mean, we're talking about the timeline is longer because I mean there is that period of time between the duel. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, and then, like, yeah, see, I don't know. Uh, it's yeah, I don't think we'll ever know. He he keeps timelines kind of vague on purpose. I feel like yeah, but, well, probably yeah, for this is thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't write it's yourself crazy. into a corner and go crap. Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> 
All right. So Catelyn writes so, her sister, begging her to to come, and then probably knowing that is not going to happen, you know, asking her, you know, if you can't do that, please write him, you know, so that she can give Hoster some words of comfort and he can die in peace. Yeah, some closure. And um, there's a pa- another passage I thought I'd read. Um, Catelyn, well, this is again. Catelyn rose, threw on a robe, and descended the steps to the darkened solar to stand over her father. So it's not just a nice room. It's like a, you know, duplex. She's in. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. A sense of helpless dread fa- filled her. Father, she said, Father, I know what you did. She was no longer an innocent bride with a head full of dreams. She was a widow, a traitor, a grieving mother, and wise, wise in the ways of the world. You made him take her, she whispered. Lysa was the price John Aaron had to pay for the swords and the spears of House Tully. Small wonder that her sister's marriage had been so loveless. The Aarons were proud and prickly of their honor. Lord John might wed Lysa to bind the Tullys to the cause of the rebellion and in the hopes of a son, but it would have been hard for him to love a woman who had come to his bed soiled and unwilling. He would have been kind, no doubt, dutiful, yes, but Lysa needed warmth. I guess, though, I mean, right here, she contradicts herself because, you know, a few paragraphs earlier, she's talking about how happy her sister was. And now she's talking about Lysa coming to the bed unwilling. I mean, mm. I don't know. I think there's a she lot. Maybe she may be sensing the trick. I don't know. I think there's a lot of willful, you, you know, like sometimes you just don't want to go there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're, you know. Well, and especially considering the fact that she had cat adores her dad yeah. and oh, yeah. you know, you, you can yeah. tell like she, the fact that she just wants to reject the idea of him even having another woman after her mother died, which let's just say clearly he must, I mean, that's too long. I'm yeah, sure he did point, have other yeah. women. She doesn't yeah, even want I mean, to think like, about you, it. I get that. Like, you know, a month after or whatever would have been, you know, there's no way, but yeah, it's been decades. Her father has been, yeah, yeah I kind of have to, assume there's been yeah she's somebody. almost like you know willfully ignorant you yeah. know like she yeah just, but she, you have the other dynamic here too which is you know she's looking at this and she's realizing that hoster completely betrayed lisa here you know that he did something mm-hmm. terrible to her and she's just done something terrible to one of her kids mm-hmm. and so yeah. you know i think she had this is part of the reason i think she writes the letter to lisa and is like you know can you forgive him <laughs> because yeah, it's like exactly, she's like yeah that's true. She understands there are times when you do terrible things because you think it's the right thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that she really looks at this from the perspective of John Aaron and not how it had to be for Lysa to marry this guy who's, like, old enough to be her grandfather yeah. and apparently one who smelled like cheese. I remember Lysa talks about that quite a bit. Um, it's a beautiful thought. <laughs> You know, I, this old guy, you know, how that has to be. Oh, man. I know. Yeah, I, and she oh. obviously made love to him because they had oh. miscarriages. So oh, yeah. God bless her. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. And it's easy. You know, she's so, to me, she freaks me out. She's a scary character. She's creepy. She's got, uh-huh. but but it, yeah. I like that George put puts this in because, you know, it gives you a little bit of more. It kind of humanizes her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he likes to do this. That's how he rolls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So finally, people come and are willing to talk to her. Um, Edmure comes back from the battle and comes to see her and reports that 
they turn he managed to turn uh, Tywin Lannister and his forces back, but then um, shares the bad news that Stannis lost. And um, Catelyn, who of course has seen that thing in the tent, decides this is not the worst thing. Um, but then he explains that, in addition to that, the Tyrells and the Martells have thrown in with Joffrey. And he basically lays into her that setting her setting Jamie free was a terrible move. And also, you know, that he was not her hostage to do that. And she's not really willing to see the logic of this argument. She persists in saying she believes she did the right thing and the only thing that she could do to get her daughters back. And then Admir tells her that he sent ravens to Roos at Harrenhal, three of them just in case, you know, I guess it's sort of like throwing a bunch of letters in the mail and hoping they all get there. Um, and that offering him a thousand dragons as a reward. And Catelyn dismisses Edmure as a fool and is convinced that this means she's never getting her daughters back. And she orders him from the room. Yeah, well, it's she's right. She's like, if you tell everyone that he escaped, then nobody's yeah. ever going to exchange any hostages for him because mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a hostage exchange. Exactly. And she's right about that. What's funny here to me is the fact that, you know, in another book, Edmure's going to be in exactly the same position and he's going to sell everything out to save one of his kids. Yeah. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's something George loves to do. You know, Edmure's yeah. very judgmental of cat here. You know, how, how could you, you know, this is treason, this is treason. And then <laughs> he's going to find out, you know, you'll do things for your kids that you didn't think you'd do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do have to, maybe it's Giles influence. Cause she's a tremendous Edmure apologist and fan. And I mean, like throughout this chapter, there are all these little seeds of like Catelyn kind of dismissing Edmure. But it sounds like Hoster has been ailing for quite a while and that Edmure has been acting as Lord for quite a while. And he's not entirely wrong. I mean, Stannis losing is a bad thing because that totally undermines them. The Tyrells and the Martells throwing in with Joffrey, that is a really bad thing. I mean, they are in a really bad position and I mean, I understand that she wants her daughters back, but he's not wrong either. No, that was the biggest piece they had for sure. Like it's, it's almost like unbelievable that she would do that because she's not dumb. You know, like it's the one part of her arc that just like I know how much she loves her kids, but like it's just so crazy to let Jane. Like it's just, yeah. I don't know it. it it definitely loses, like, you know, it's something she should have known it would lose the war. You know, like, it was the one piece that could mm. always win the war, and instead she just gives it away. It's, I don't know. It's, well, I mean, they're the people who are playing the, the literal game, and then there are the pe- people like her who, I mean... Who are just there, you know, who got she, sucked She in. wants her kids yeah. back, and I don't blame exactly. her. No, exactly. But at the same token, she's always there for Rob to try to help him, you know, be the best king that he can be. And then she goes, you know, but like you said, that's just how George writes people. You know, they're always, you know, going to be two sides to everything. And it's, you know, it's her motherly side that obviously overtakes everything. Well, that's it. And this is, to me, the beauty of Kat. And it's why I kind of get upset when people try to flatten her into either just Mm. good or just bad. It's like, no, she's neither. She she's Mm -hmm. a very great character. But so underststandable. I mean, like she makes mm-hmm. she makes some really <laughs> tough decisions. But then yeah, it's like she has clear if you're in this position, times, yeah. oh yeah, it's like you know what would you do? And you know, I mean, there's an element here of 
clearly George needed somebody to let Jamie go and start that yes, whole storyline exactly. going. But yeah. I mean, she couldn't have been better motivated. I mean, like yeah, it, it and in it. fact, oh, he's and he's leading up to it from, you know, her first chapters. I mean, mm-hmm. she's willing to do anything for her kids, you know? Yeah. And oh, God, this is so terrible. I mean, like. I realize I'm just going to be saying this for like the next few weeks as we get through <laughs> Storm of Swords. Oh my God. <laughs> it's my favorite book, but it's still, it's the book I literally threw across the room two times. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, cause it just reaches in your chest and pulls your beating heart out right and out. like <laughs> rings it out like a sponge. Yeah. <laughs> we keep coming back for more. Um, fucking masochist. Yeah. <laughs> It's cray cray. <laughs> I'm I'm now I've got to go back and reread because this idea that that Lysa was pregnant when she got married to John Aaron is now kind of yeah it's an interesting twist at me yeah is a possibility and I'm pretty I'm sure, sure there's some Lysa there little figure some, fan out there who knows yeah there's something in the book like we know that he knew she was fertile like we know that. Like that was like a draw to him that that she yep. was fertile. Yeah. yeah. So like we at least know that he knew that she was pregnant at some point. But I mean, like I, you know, and honor or no, I mean, John Aaron is supposed to be this practical guy. He's been married at least what? Isn't she wife number four or oh, something like that? Yeah, I think. Yeah, and and he's got no living heir, so uh, you know, would you would you risk? Well, no, but I mean, if yeah. you were that guy, would you risk? You yeah, know, because he's trying to save Ned and Robert, sure who he cares about like yeah, his those own. Those are sons, his only sons, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, they they're his kids. Ned and Robert are yeah. his sons, and he's gonna do yeah. anything to save them, including Mary Lysol. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and at the, I mean, that's the other thing that pisses me off. Okay, yeah, she's quote unquote soiled, but she's the beautiful daughter, or you know, of the. I mean, it's not like he's marrying... The heir like, to the Riverlands, yeah. No, definitely. You know, the guy, the housemate or whatever, you know, he's he's not marrying down. No. Know. Lysa would be wife number three. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, he is definitely substantially... I mean, not just old enough to be her father. It sounds like old enough to be her grandfather. Grandfather, so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, back then, you know, your grandfather was 25 years older than you. you know? No, he's older <laughs> than book. that. <laughs> I know. But poor Liza. I mean, I do feel sorry for young Liza. I mean, like, I don't feel sorry for older Liza. She, you know, no. completely sells yeah. out her entire family and tries to kill this Santa. He's an asshole, but. No, she's a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and does it all intentionally. It's not like, you know, fallout. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So anything else on this chapter? Anyone wants to share? I'll just give another groan of pain. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's, there are parts oh, of it cool. that I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten about that whole discussion about what do we do with her. And, and, and mm-hmm. that she was actually in a pretty nice prison, so to speak. Yeah, no, that after this chapter, I, I always like thought if I could vacation somewhere. I would definitely rent out Hoster Tully's suite. Right. 
I feel like that'd be awesome. Without the dying, yeah. I think that sort of balances out a little bit that well, he's yeah, dying. Well, yeah, well, no, but, you know, once the smell of death got out of the room, I'd, you know, I'd be all good. Some more flowers in there, yeah. yeah. I'm envisioning the, the I, TripAdvisor review. Nice place would be a five-star review, but there was a dead, dying guy. In- <laughs> yeah. Westeros Airbnb, Airbnb yeah. Left dead friend guy. yeah. <laughs> I, I do think write- I always. Oh, go ahead. Go on. Well, I was going to say I always, you know, there's I always thought about where would be the best place to vacation. And like I said, after I read that chapter, I always thought that that was like a. A good spot. <laughs> now I'm totally picturing like little write-ups of like little Airbnbs for like Heron Hall and like all Wouldn't this that be <laughs> right? I wanted to do one for um for Tyrion Cell. Um, yes. the, you know, with Mord. Is it Mord? No, is that his name? Mord. Mord. Yeah. <laughs> Bring some extra gold and he'll hook you up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, and do, Bear Island. Have I a duel if you can afford. all right so shorter chapter um do we have any mail yes we have one piece and we got it through tumblr we got an anonymous message uh what's up with george being on twitter now does this mean he's done with wins or that he's just found a new way to distract himself um Oh, when he was... I don't think that was him. Oh, I I think think that that was a... (laughs) It looked like a new... Like, honestly, it looked like a new social media manager. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, so it's like there was like... There were like a bunch of ellipses and a yay or something like that. And I was like, this (laughs) doesn't sound like George R. R. Martin to me. Was that the hat or the the what's up thing? Or was that something different? Oh, you saw that? Was that that real? Or was that like Photoshop? Yeah, that's not a new picture, though. I don't think. I think I've seen that before. That's how I felt. Okay. Yeah, it could be I like think. a manager or something. Yeah, no, I think it was. I think he's got some. It was preposterous. <laughs> I mean, he said some somebody. Well, somebody asked him. They put it on Reddit. Somebody was like, "Did your account get hacked?" And he's like, "No, nothing's been hacked." But I don't think it was him. I mean, he totally is the type of guy who would decide that he's going to learn, let's say, Mandarin, you know, and then he'll yeah. finish wins. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ridiculous. But plausible. Yeah, I know. Like I could literally imagine reading that tomorrow and being like, "Yep, that that makes sense." <laughs> oh man. All right. So I have two things before we do our close. Um, the first is we have noticed we have some um, hardcore listeners from Poland. So <laughs> we would Pola. love your pierogi or pochki recipes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I tried um, to make uh, the, the pochkis. I pronounced how you pronounce. I took. We tried to make them once, and they didn't come out right. <laughs> Send those to us. And then the other note I have is that um, um, I would like to wish um, uh, Clotho a happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> HBD girl. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> um. Okay, if you would like to send us a message or those recipes, you can at close the door and come here at tumblr.com or at close the door and gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter at door podcast. Uh, please like and review us on iTunes and all the places as it really helps new listeners find us. And lastly, please consider supporting us on Patreon. 
And you can do that by going to patreon.com, close the door. And thanks, everybody. I'm closing the door. Get out.